0: Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Shabazz, and of course, I am one of your lovely hosts. Alongside me, playing for Team Portugal over here, is Daniel. Daniel, how are you doing today? Football is life. Oh, Danny
1: Rojas, (laughs) Danny Rojas, Uh, amazing. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. You know, it's uh, Portugal is playing today, so that's why I'm wearing my uh, Portugal kits. Uh, which includes a pair of green shorts uh-huh. and a Scranton Team Scranton red shirt. I,
0: when I saw you, I, I first assumed you were getting really ready for Christmas. I'm always ready for Christmas, and I was like, Daniel, it's it's one of the hottest days today. Can you maybe not?
1: Yeah, but I mean, t-shirt and shorts, red and green, either supporting Portugal <laughs> or Christmas. ready for Christmas. So I'm I'm ready for either, whatever happens today. I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you.
0: And coming off the loss of Italy, uh, Anthony, Anthony, how you doing today? Um,
2: we won. Yeah, I know, but I just assumed it was, <laughs> I just
0: assumed Italy would lose.
2: Well, we didn't. <laughs> so, I don't know why you guys are laughing.
1: Oh, yeah? I'm laughing at his absurdity. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. your, your team Italy I'm, man, I'm, I'm super...
2: Ha- the Portuguese <laughs> listening to this episode right now are upset. I'm super happy right now, yes. You don't look You're happy at all. I
0: am this very is, happy, this Thank you. This is my happy face.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. How are you guys, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I am doing well. I have to, uh... Go get gas after this recording. That is exciting. Wow. <laughs> let them know. That man. is let exciting. Know. There's always... There's... right
0: in on the... right into our Twitter page what kind of gas you get. 97, 89? What yeah, is it? You know, you know, there's
1: two rules that we always say. Never let them know when we're recording and never let them know when <laughs> no. we're getting gas.
0: See, that's when they're going to get you. you our know? fans will find you. Even though they're going to be a day late to the episode, <laughs> they will let like, this guy's not got gas, <laughs> eh? got gas? We could outchase like, him. They're going to
2: siphon your gas later. Oh, wow. Well. I'll have to go get more. Gas. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is Mad Max.
0: <laughs> and yeah, you only go to Shell gas stations, right? I feel like I'm exposing Anthony. Here. Yes, that is true. Yeah, Shell I only is. go to the one on 95th Street, <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, Fake Street. <laughs> well, that's good to hear that you all are doing well, and your teams are also doing well so far, so far, <laughs> so, so far. far. Well,
2: if if uh, Portugal wins, we we play Italy. We do, will yeah. So, so it'll be
0: Anthony versus
1: Daniel. Like it always has been. Like it always has been. But now we'll be on the global stage. Oh, yeah, on the world stage. <laughs> now the world will see it. Worlds will collide. Who oh, will win? Right into the show? So wait, know. do you
0: guys have like a bet going on, or is there anything that maybe you want to start? No.
1: No. Oh, hey, That's <laughs> I, know, I don't. On bet both. on sports. You know, like Anthony and I, I think we're you know we're at the point where in our lifetimes we've we've gone to see our teams win. These championships before, right? So right now, I'm happy we made it out of the the group stage. We're in the round of 16. We're playing Belgium, who is the number one team right now in the Amazing. world. So whatever happens, <laughs> you know, I'm just happy to be here. That's true. We won the last one. You know, someone else could take this one. That's true. You know, that's,
2: that's true. very true. Yeah. That's
1: very true. As always, you can catch a new
0: episode of the movie podcast every Monday, and watch out throughout the week because we drop these little review episodes that you know, like no big deal, but some of these movies aren't out yet, and we like to give you our. <laughs> Our taste and our recommendation I don't know why I said taste though Because it's not like we're eating these movies No we're not We definitely give our recommendations out there uh, And we love having great discussions about these movies So make sure to follow us at The Movie Podcast On Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd And also TikTok Because TikTok is now where we're dropping these little videos To show you Hey, we're cool, we're hip talk. That's that's how
1: they know. They were TikTok cool you hand. don't stop cuz we,
0: we talk like that.
1: Yeah. We're just trying to get, you know, that that younger audience in there. Like you know? the yo yo.
0: The yo yo? Yeah. <laughs> I say I say yo yo. Do you say yo yo or just yo? I say yo. Like one yo is enough for me.
2: Yo yo yo. That's no,
1: too
0: that's much now. That's a lot of yo. That's the man. allotment we've
1: I'll reach our allotment. I don't
2: like how time. do I Yeah, when I see her I would say yo yo shay. I've literally or, never heard you
1: say yo
0: yo shay. I'm like that sounds like like my stage name now.
2: It's very true. Very true.
0: Yeah. Sounds like Yo-Yo Ma. It does yeah, sound like Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo Ma. Are you guys fans of Yo-Yo Ma? <laughs> <laughs> Before the audience turns off the episode, let me go ahead and finish the rest of my intro here. Uh, and don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're still on the road to
1: 200. We should have a hashtag. You don't have one on you right now. No, okay. I don't have I, it. I feel like I put you on
0: the spot there, Mr. Portugal. No,
1: I was, I was wondering, okay, we... Well, I mean just hashtag road to, 200. <laughs> road to 200 that's it we're looking for 200 yeah. five
0: star reviews on apple Podcasts. so if you could be so kind and just for zero dollars a day yeah go to our apple podcast page give us the five stars leave us a in comment
1: <laughs> <of stars>. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i, I was really hoping point. you'd come in with it um something else i realized that we don't have on the spot uh i was on our friend of the show nate's geek centric podcast oh yeah the watch club yes you were and he was asking he's like oh yeah i'm like a tmp head like what do we call our fan base we don't have a name for our fan base you know i'm like are we like like tmp yeah. like i don't like tmp like, it almost sounds like a bomb it does right it's, i feel it like it sounds like a type of i mean like, our fans chemical. Are the bomb in my opinion you know like i have to look at the Wimms chart to
0: see the whimmis oh, chart not the, is not is the tmp <laughs> the periodic yeah well, say,
2: mp heads uh,
0: multi- military police heads, heads multiplayer <laughs> heads yeah you know what if you're a fan of the show let us know what you want to be called and yeah. then we're not going to call you that we'll do something else we'll, we'll make a mascot yeah, we'll, we'll figure make, out a mascot we'll oh have a boat. it'll be like a like a film clapper with like yeah. eyes and oh like, god i imagine Clappy? What, <laughs> he's just not clippy, <laughs> it's clappy it's clappy that also sounds like you know it's an std as well yeah it does
1: oh yeah. ask your doctor for, uh, ask your
2: doctor he's got a clappy he's just severely in pain all the time yeah. because he wants to die because he's like why, why am i living because he he at once. Yes. on the clapperboard like it's something that um, should not be because stop doing this he asked, he asked <laughs> a witch
0: to turn him into a, a real boy Yeah, but the witch tricked him and turned him into a clapperboard
1: did st- we just write a what's the plot for Clappy we did yeah. we're, we're throwing it we're back. writing an origin story
0: right now for our mascot Clappy I think that's gonna be our next task is Clappy. to create Clappy guys draw in
1: Clappy send it to hashtag the movie podcast Clappy yeah
0: <laughs> where's Clappy where's Clappy uh, but of course check out our show notes below <laughs> for all those links and more, and hopefully by the next episode or the episode after that, because I won't be on the next episode. What? You know, sad, yeah. sad. Little. Yeah, I'm, I, am i am going to be. Why don't I say it like uh, that? You sound like you're. Yeah, I'm going to be. I'm going to be hitting the road. No, I'm, I'm gonna be in Quebec. I'm, I'm visiting our, our neighbors to the. Everybody east, wants to go east. to Quebec. Yeah. I don't want to go to Quebec. I just have to go to Quebec.
1: You know, there comes a time in everybody's life where well, you are yeah. going to have to go to Quebec. To
0: really become a man, you have to go to Quebec once. Yeah. And I've gone there many times. So <laughs> <laughs> He's still we, trying. Yeah. <laughs> they don't let me in. No. Check out our show notes below. I'm going to kick
1: it over to Daniel over here for some announcements, like the school announcements. The school announcements. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today, uh, you know, we have a lot of great things going on right now at the Movie Podcast. Last week, we had the one and only voice acting legend tara strong on the show She is the voice of miss minutes in marvel studios loki we had a lovely conversation with her the week before that we had disney animation legend tony bancroft on the show where we spoke about you know his creation of pumbaa he directed the animated mulan film he worked on Kronk. he did so many amazing movies and he's actually working on uh, space Jam: a new legacy which is coming out in a few weeks uh on today's episode
3: We're talking to
1: Black Widow cinematographer Gabriel Betterstein about his work on the film and his career and other Marvel projects that he's been part of. So we're going to talk to him very soon. Uh, We do have a giveaway incoming. So make sure if you want to win something, make sure you're following us on Twitter and following us on Instagram because that is the best way to guarantee your chance to win What are we giving away? Well, we're giving away three Blu ray copies that come with digital codes for nobody, which was one of our favorite movies this year. We're so thankful to our friends uh, at Taro PR and Universal uh, for hooking us up with those uh, Blu rays. So we're going to be giving those away very soon. Make sure you're following us on our social media page to get entered. Uh, We have a bunch of new reviews out. Shay alluded to some of our um, nice short reviews that we do on the page. Well, guess what? We got a 40 minute review. Of Fast and the Furious 9 or F9. It's a or a great fine. review. Uh, great review. I think we had a great time reviewing it. We had a really fun time watching the movie, maybe for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But definitely check out that review. That's a great one. We also have Luca, A Quiet Place Part 2, our review and reactions for Loki, and so many more on the movie podcast feed. So definitely check those out. This week is Widow Week. So we got today our interview with Gabriel Betterstein. On Tuesday, we have our review of Marvel Studios' Black Widow for you to listen to. Uh, we also have our review of Zola, which is an A24 film uh, released here by VVS. Thursday, we're going to have our Loki review and reaction. So there's so much going on on the movie podcast feed this week. So don't miss it. Thank you so much, Daniel, for those lovely morning announcements. Uh, we
0: don't want to waste too much time. We want to get right to the meat of this. We want a, We want people to hear this. Amazingly fun interview that we had with Gabriel Berstein. Daniel and I got the chance to to talk to Gabriel while he was in LA. From what it looks like, it was in LA. He was in a cigar shop and he was just having a, the time of his life.
1: We had a great time.
0: Yeah, there's even an unexpected guest that <laughs> oh, happens to drop by. <laughs>
1: literally towards just, the end just of the episode, swoops through swoops right um, in.
0: But we will get to our news after our interview. We'll so definitely get your news. That. So. Go ahead, let's kick it over to the uh, other Daniel and Shay
1: for this interview with Gabriel Berstein. Welcome back to the Movie Podcast. Joining us now is a cinematographer and director who's worked on films such as Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, Blade Two, one of our personal favorites, SWAT, and so many more. You can see his work next in Marvel Studios' Black Widow, releasing in theaters and on Disney Plus Premiere Access July 9th. Please welcome Gabriel Berstein to the show.
3: Hi, Gabriel. Uh, hi, how are you, Daniel? How are you
1: today? I, hey. We are good. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, how's your day going so far?
3: So far, good. A lot of work. A lot of work. I cannot stop doing. I'm, I'm developing things and working on projects and in post-production of a documentary. Oh, man, it's just a lot of work. I'm, gra- I I'm glad. I'm, I'm delighted. Absolutely delight.
1: That's good. Again, thank you so much for taking the time. We know you're so busy, but um, this is great. We're so excited to
3: talk to you. Mm. My pleasure. My pleasure. Again, Gabriel. Thank you again. Now you're the first cinematographer we've had on the movie
0: podcast, and we have such a love for cinematography on our show. Who and what inspired you to get into this world?
3: Well, that was by default. Uh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Mexican person. That I'm, I'm, I'm Mexican, but you know, I'm not one of the talented Mexicans. You know, everyone knows all the chivos and guarons and del toros and all those. They are talented and wonderful and incredible. I mean, they have more Oscars than the whole. You know, they they they, they should be called their Oscar themselves. But <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm even though I'm as Mexican as they are, and even more because I'm married there and my mom still lives in Mexico. I left Mexico when I was a very young man, and and I went to Europe, and I went to Europe following a very great director called Sergio Leone that you might mm-hmm. have in the podcast talk about it. And I follow him to Italy. And Sergio Leone said to me, Gabby, what are you doing here? And I said, Sergio, one day in a film festival, you say come to Italy from here. And he said, well, I don't know what are you doing here. I said, I would like to go to film school to the Cine, 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 uh, Centro sperimentale de Cinema. And he said, that, that doesn't, no, no, forget it. Cinecita città è morto. Everything here is, is dead. What do you want to do? Go back to America. And I said, no, 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 no. I didn't go to America in the first place because I didn't want to go to America for a series of reasons. Maybe I was too left-wing for America. Maybe I was too whatever for America. Now I'm an American citizen. I place the the flag and I love it. But on those (laughs) days, days I was a tiny bit on the other side of the road, if you know what I mean. Right. Right. So that reason why I went to Europe. So when I was in Europe, then I, then I, anyway, I ended up in England on Sergio Leone's advice. And then gradually I realized that I needed to apply to film school and I applied to the National Film and Television School, which is a great school, one of the best in the world. They take only 25 on those days, only 25 students and only five foreigners. Mm -hmm, So, but, but because the first two years in England, I didn't go to school. I was doing a lot of documentary work. I shot documentary after documentary and, and, and news, 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 news reels. And I went to, to the Golan Heights and I covered the miners strike and I covered the firemen strike. So I covered a lot of material. So when I applied to the school, they said to me, Gabby, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a director. And they said, mm, look, you, you, you hardly speak English. You, are, you don't have a really a body of work as a director. And yet, as a cinematographer, you, are, you have in your hands the history of Britain of the last two years. So let me tell you something, they said to me. If you want to, be, you want to come to this school as a director, we will, will believe that you don't have any chance. If you oh, wow. want to come to this school as a cinematographer, we have a place for you now. You don't have wow. to even go through the process of anything because your body of work is so magnificent that you don't need to do anything. So in that yeah. moment, I said, I think life is de- deciding my destiny right. and I should really embrace it and take it and love it. And that's the way that it happened. Wow.
0: That's, that's actually a, a phenomenal story. I mean, especially <laughs> you, you name dropped Sergio Leone on that one. So I think that's, uh, that's a pretty good name to have in there. Now, in your amongst your circle of, of colleagues of cinematographers, who are some of your favorites?
3: Oh well, all of them. I mean, I mean, I learn from everyone. I mean, I, I think uh, uh, Roger Dickens was my was at the same school that I was. He was my oh, wow. senior a few years, and uh, we didn't like each other when we were at film school. But after <laughs> that, we love each other. I think I have a great respect and admiration for him. Um, I think our chivo is is unbelievable. Uh, uh, you know, but you know, I think I'm more of the school of Nestor Almendros. I'm more of the school of those cinematographers who are uh, are not as strong about they don't have a style. If you look at the Chivo's material and you say, oh, of course, a Chivo Lubeski. If you look okay. at uh, Roger Dickens, oh Roger Dickens, if you look at uh at, um other cinematographers, uh wonderful cinematographers, you could see their style. I am not. I'm a bit of a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a um um I cannot, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a good Mexican worker, you know, whatever I'm, <laughs> like the ones that I'm outside the, the building, the, the Home Depot, you know, what you want? You want a plumber? I can be a plumber. You need a, a carpenter? <laughs> I can be a carpenter. You're in that adaptable. respect, I'm more Mexican than the talented Mexican. I can't really do anything. So I really adapted myself to be a very flexible in style. And that's the reason why I can do very deep intellectual movies like Caravaggio like I can do visual effects extravaganzas like a, right. uh, uh, um, Black Widow because I really have this capacity to adapt and to try to work with all the resources that I have to tell stories. That's mm-hmm. great. Remember that I wanted to be a director. So I really approached cinematography as a director, respecting the director's vision. Naturally, I respected my director's vision by absolutely all means. But, but that's great. But, but I approach it like
1: that. That's, that's awesome. lovely, especially, you know, having that, that, you know, coming up and wanting to be director that must like definitely help you in, in the world of cinematography as well. Right. Cause you're appro- approaching everything as a director would. And I think, I think that's one of my, my questions for you, uh, Gabriel is, you know, what do you, th- what do you think the biggest like misconceptions are of, of what a cinematographer does? right? Because you're not, just, you're not just a man behind the camera. That's not just what you do. There's so much more to it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you, basically what you do is you, you, you are a director. You, you, you take the vision of the director and you translate it into images. How, as much as the director needs you to do it, and we have to be very prepared to understand things that they do, staging, uh, mood, all that, I mean, we 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 are into, we have to tell exactly the same story that the director does with our camera, with our lights. I did a film with David Mamet and David Mamet said to me something really deep and wonderful. He said, you camera is a character in my film. I don't want you to camera to be an external agent looking at us performing, I mean, actors performing. I want you camera to be part of my cast. You are not, you know, you haven't been crewed to do my film. You're not a crew member. You are a cast member. Your camera tells the story with my actors. And that's very important. So I believe that, that cinematographers are that. You know, we are not only put lights or set the cameras whenever the director needs us to set cameras, understand staging, understand. I mean, we, we, we don't direct the actors directly, we don't do that. But, but we help the whole process to create the proper environment for the actors to act and for the director's vision to come alive.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, for That's sure. a great I answer.
1: Mean,
0: yeah. yeah. You are the eye of that movie, right?
3: Absolutely. So,
0: so I guess my, my controversial question here would be film or digital or both?
3: Well, look, I'm... I'm it's very interesting. Now that I did Iron Man, everyone comes and asks me interviews about the, the film and 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 there is an obsession in America about techniques. Mm-hmm. About what camera you use. And then you say, whatever. So I, I'm talking about art. I'm talking about the art of marble. I'm talking about Stanley, Lee, Strabenko, this big bitco, all these wonderful artists. And then the interviewer keeps asking me about which camera I use. And then I keep evading the questions. It doesn't really matter. Yes, yeah. I use a vision. I use a Venice camera. I use a Alexa camera. I use a film camera. <laughs> it doesn't really, I don't take, I, you, when, when, digit, when analog started fading and digital came, I embraced digital immediately.
2: Mm-hmm. I
3: had to embrace it. And yes, you wonderful, yes, the texture of film. Yeah, but that's the texture of film. That's exactly what film, the celluloid gives you. But right. but digital also has good values that you got to embrace. Mm-hmm. And 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 basically if you if you can do anything, the important thing for me is not the technique, not the, the media. For me, the media is not the message. I disagree with Marshall McLuhan. The media is not the message. The message is the message. Right. The media is the media, period. I mean, it's just what I, I mean, an iPhone. Is as powerful as the most sophisticated Alexa 65 or Venice with the, with the latest version. Because at the end of the day, oh, oh Panavision camera the, with, with, with film could with be celluloid inside. Right. Know, all of them are wonderful. And yeah, you might have a romantic notion about what celluloid represented and it's good. It was very romantic, Well, I did it. Fine, I've done it, boom. That was the language, <laughs> boom, move on, for God's sake. You know, move on because that is the the period now that is happening. That's our life It's digital. Yes, it's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful that you play your record on on and you get acetate and you put them in your in your turntable and it's beautiful. And you sit down and smoke a cigar and put a nice glass of whatever your favorite liquor is or not the wine, and sit down and listen to your music. And then you 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 longing for those very nice scratches yes i'm longing for sometimes the grain and the scratches of celluloid but i need to move on i need to move on and so uh, any form of media that i can use to tell the story is that for me the message is the message that's phenomenal that's a phenomenal
1: answer thank you for that you know i think uh you know i i i forgot who said it but like you I, I was hearing a cinematographer speak before saying, like, you would never ask, you know, a screenplay writer what program they used to write your script in. So, you know, it's, it's all the preference of, of who's yeah. working on the art, right?
3: Yeah, I um, know. Exactly. Uh, because let me tell you guys, the final draft is the final draft is so fine. that it's fantastic because it gives you something. Come on. <laughs> tell me about your book. I don't bloody want to know about what the final draft
1: is. <laughs> It's true. Very true. Uh, Gabriel, you know, you mentioned, uh, of course, Stan Lee and like Steve Ditko and like these amazing Marvel characters. You've been part of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe throughout it, basically entire history so far. Uh, what How's it been working with Marvel Studios and, you know, how has what you've done changed since, you know, that first Iron Man movie?
3: Well, again, I think the fact that I've been that that, that would remember that the first Marvel film that I did was the Two Blades when Marvel right. was in the Marvel studio. Mm-hmm. So because I always, because I always believe that, that, that graphic novels and comics are an art form. And they are reminders of what cinema language should be about. If you look at a, a, a comic, you see that the composition is brilliant. You see that, 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 that the, 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 the image, the way that they work, the, the, the perspective, the colors, the dialogue, everything is incredible, wonderful, the way that they, on a sh- it's without any shame, they use the language. And yet in film, sometimes we are, we, we are very ashamed of the way that we use the language. Uh, we say, oh, this too, too maybe too, m- too much movement, too much things, too much that. And then they want to be too, they, they, they will like a feel somehow ashamed or using film language. And what we do is we film theater or we film a play or we film a stage and we don't do film language because we we feel a bit ashamed of that. So what Marvel tradition and DC tradition and all those, those wonderful, wonderful artists, because they were artists, keep telling us is that we need to use our film language and be absolutely proud of that. So the way that I approach Marvel is with that, for art form, for me, marble is not an incredible, expensive uh, uh, commercial piece. For me, marble is an art form, and I treat it like an art form. And um, thank God that I have all the resources to treat it like an incredible art form. Right. Because that, that's great, but it's an art form. And it's Definitely. an art form that uses film language in the best way that film language should be. is yes, spectacular, huge, immense. That is, that should be, that's the film experience. And that's what Marvel uh, artists show us, like the DC artists. They show us that that is the way that we should proceed with film without any shame that we can use the film language.
1: That's beautiful. Do you have a favorite uh, film in the Marvel world that you've been part of or one that maybe sticks out to you most? I think Black Widow. Oh, wow, okay.
3: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And why? Because Black Widow, not only, I mean, I cannot tell you a lot because I mean, publicity of marble will kill right. Me. We're um, going to see it I
1: this see week, it. We're, we're very close to watching it. So, you're going to see it
3: this but, but week. I keep, so, no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> but I keep telling people, I mean, you're going to see an extravagance of visual effects and stones and all that. But also, what you're going to see there is a very fine acting, you're going to see. Act, actors that are really giving absolutely the best for a minute, for moments, you're going to forget that you're watching a Marvel film. Wow. That's uh, excellent. Uh, yeah.
1: We're so excited to watch it. We are so excited to watch it.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. We're hopefully going to get it this week to uh, get all that uh, special effects and all those great moments that you're creating in that movie. Now, when it comes to special effects, how much of your role do you Field changes when you're when you're quitting
3: the movie. Well, you see, what let's say imagine a sequence. I mean, just to give you an example, you have a sequence in which you have involved, like we did, several units. You have a unit that is your first unit, you have a second unit, then you have a stone unit, then you have an aerial unit, then you have a wind uh wind tunnel unit, and then a robot arm unit, and then you have whatever, you know, you might have all these units. So who coordinates all that? Well, you have the previous, you have the pre-visualization thing is done, right? But you go to tell people, in that moment, in that moment, the character has to go from one place, a cloud, to sun. So the lighting has to change there. Right. You have to tell everyone, every department, what it is. And the, and the director has to tell them. You know, you me and the director, the director and I need to tell every department that they are not making their own film, that they are making one film. And we need to make sure that everyone understands that in this particular frame, that we have it as a preview or storyboard, the actor on the main unit is doing this and needs to have and is going through this lighting setup and is doing and he's had that emotion in his life or her life. And that's what we need to make sure that everyone everyone, complies to that mood, look, and drama that the director and I are creating. Lovely. So it's phenomenal. It's wonderful when you work with so many units because you need to make sure that everyone understands what we're doing. I used to tell myself that I was the hand of the queen in, in, <laughs> in, in, in the film because I would be protecting always my director Uh, children that nothing was more important than her vision that no one of those departments those lords very powerful lords of the different kingdoms of the the kingdom were gonna be as powerful and their task was the most important everyone was important but the most important is the vision so we need to unify it in around that vision I got you. Yeah.
1: Like we're like we, I know you and I, we spoke last year. um, Oh my goodness. Like it's almost probably almost a year ago now that we, we were speaking before on, uh, on Instagram. So I, again, it's, it's, I'm so excited this movie's finally coming out for people to see it. And of course, Blackwood will be even wanting to see a movie from here. So, um, you know, we're so excited to see, you know, what you do uh, with this film and what Carrie does and, and everyone. So I know we already know we're, we're we're so excited to get to it. So very, very soon we're going to be able to watch it.
3: Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Now, Gabriel, is there anything that you're watching right now or anything that you're looking forward to? Well, um, basically, look, I'm trying to wish- projects. I mean, obviously, I'm expecting that Marvel will, will, will call me to do something else. There's no question about it. In the meantime, I just go and I, again, I just try. And I, unfortunately, I was not the kind of director or DP that grew with a director. I mean, I was talking about the, the Mexicans or or the great directors that they have this combo with the cinematographer and uh, uh, Nolan and uh, Wally Fitzer, for instance, yep. you have to say something. Uh, I mean, they, they were, um, uh, that was, uh, I mean, I can think of so many of those combos of wonderful directors, cinematographers, right? Uh, that, that feature and, uh, and Dario Wolski. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a director. I don't have a director. So I'm always a going for hire. And, and ready for anything. I mean, I wish I could say, "No, I'm I'm doing that with my director and all that." No. So, if I need to do now a, um, a a a television show, I go and do a television show. If I now need to go and do another feature and I can do it, I do it. If I can do any of my projects during the pandemic, I I, I directed a short, and I did a concert in Mexico for a wonderful, wonderful violin player called Adam Malikian, who wanted to do a homage to the dead people from COVID and then he wanted to do it in a place that they celebrate the of the dead. So right. in November we went to Mexico and then we did a concert on a cemetery that I directed. I hadn't directed multi-camera for many 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 years ago. I did it once in my life but it was lovely to go back to the control room and direct 10 cameras in a concert. Right. And then, <clears throat> it's a wonderful experience. I also did a conceptual documentary. I keep always doing things. If I'm not working as DP, I always trying to do things. I have a company in Cuba for all places that unfortunately went through a very rough time during the Trump administration right. when oh. he really extreme all the restrictions in Cuba. Filmmaking, right. Maker has never been illegal for Americans to shoot in Cuba. You, right. can, you can do it, but what Trump did, that uh, the Trump administration did, was to scare lawyers and people to go there. Right. Um, but I still have the company. I sur- my company survived, and whenever I can get a project for them to do and, and 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 to use the tremendous talent over there, I do it. Um. It's amazing how, on one hand, I'm doing the most capitalist films of all time, which are the Marvel. <laughs> yeah. <I> on <do> the other <laughs> hand, and my hobby is a Cuban company, isn't it? Right. The only com- oh. the only, com- only so called communist country left in the world. Right. 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 So, and uh, but that's be- that, that's what I show you what I am about in life. That's the
1: know? beauty of it all. Lovely.
0: Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Now, G- Gabriel, um, during the pandemic. When we were all in lockdown, was there anything that you were binge watching or something that you were catching up on, movie or TV wise?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I went through all the the handmade, the handmade, uh, tales, tales, and all the all the all the wonderful. And then I also review some of the material that I has been classic. And I tried to see some of the films that that they were important. But I was very busy. I was very busy during the pandemic. I mean, developing things and all that. Whenever I can go and do anything, yes, I mean, I, I always try to catch up with what is trendy and what is happening. Uh, the the beautiful, the gambit, uh, yes. the queen, all, all of those things that are, are trendy and important and that mm. everyone talks about it. You try to be there and you try to be on, on, on top of that information. I think that is a word. You know, we're obligation, right? To 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 do it. But you know, I I, I recommend. I think everyone has got different taste. You know, I, I you got people that suddenly they give you the names For very obscure series. <laughs> they say, oh yes, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And you say, all right, all right. You know, and <laughs> uh, and there are films that there are series like Ozark. You know, that the right. the imagination of many people. You know, I saw two episodes and I said, uh, do I really want to continue? Uh, And then you move on and then you come back again and then you review things that you had seen in the past and they were very good. You know, Breaking Bad, I I review it completely again with a different eye. Yes. and uh, Yes, that was what I did in the pandemic. But I was also very, very busy pretending that there was no such uh, virus in the world
0: right fair enough now if there's one thing that i can recommend and i'm sure daniel will say the same thing uh on hbo uh mayor of east town if you haven't watched that already that's probably your next binge watch i'd say
3: all right yeah i will i will i will (laughs) take your advice that's terrific
0: kate winslet she absolutely kills it
3: oh she's fantastic i love her yeah Yeah, i'm totally in love with her and i would just watch it for her (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely uh, she's more worth the price of entry. Um, and Gabriel, again, uh, I don't, we don't want to take up too much of your time. But I, I again, for, for both Shay and I, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the movie podcast today. And um, I'm hoping we could do this again down the road with the, the next project that you have coming out. So uh, we're just so thankful to have you. And uh, we're going to in our show notes, we're going to have all of the links to follow you on social media and to see what you're working on next. So um, thank you so, so much again for joining us today.
3: No, my pleasure. My, my project that I just finished was Just Beyond, wonderful film or horror for teenagers. I oh, yeah. remake make what it was to, used to be Goosebumps. Yes. So yeah. it's going to be very, very nice. Eight beautiful episodes. And Excited in Disney, folks. So Just Beyond.
1: Beautiful. Perfect. Gabriel, thank you so much again.
3: My pleasure. It was a great pleasure, Daniel.
1: Thank you so much, Gabriel.
3: Okay. All the best. Hey.
0: Wow, that was great, dude. When you uh, when you were talking to Gabriel, and then he was like, "Yeah, that's the answer right there." I was like, "Whoa!" He gave me the
1: answer right there. Did you? Uh, I didn't think he was going to bring the crow on with him. I, you know what? And the worst part is, it was the crow from the movie. Yeah, So yeah. He was the crow made a cameo appearance. Another special guest. So, yeah. you know, we're just having special guests like no tomorrow on this no. uh, show. Yeah, you know what? We are our own special guests. Yeah, Anthony, right. what did you think of the interview?
2: It was really well done. I was not there, but I was there in spirit. You were the crow.
0: You were the crow. I think.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I was. I I manifested into the crow. You landed on his shoulder. These guys are doing the interview without me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crow them with my.
0: (laughs) Wait, why is that like a like a verb? I'm gonna crow 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 them.
2: them. Where's Clippy. I'm gonna crow him. (laughs) Clappy. Sorry, Clappy. Yeah, Clappy. we we, We get sued if you say Clippy. No, no, Clappy, Clappy, Clappy. No, great, great interview. It's crazy when you. When you hear like people talk about stories of artists that you didn't think they're connected to, yeah, like Sergio Leone or even Roger uh, Deakins, Roger Deakins. So I thought that was I, I like love those like hidden gems out of our interviews. With I feel like we've ca- had that a lot, right? People.
0: Like when yeah. we talked to Tony Bancroft and he just casually dropped, "Oh yeah, you know, I was just working with No Doubt."
1: Like he was talking about Gwen Stefani's brother. I'm like, Wait, yeah.
0: hold on, that's Stefani, yeah, you know, and then that's we, Stefani, yeah. yeah,
1: or like Kevin Lima and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just uh. Just hanging out with Phil Collins. He's just like writing on a napkin. Like and who? These, Phil, Phil Collins? Philip Collins? Uh, who? So, yeah. I, I, all it is is I'm just going to say that we are now friends with these people by works I think that's decals. how it, that's that's how how it is. Yeah, they are now yeah. when we refer to any of the people that he spoke about, friends at the show. Yep. Next is Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and Timothy Chalamet.
0: Friends at yeah, the show. Friends of the show. You know? Pretty much. But let's jump into the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Steven Spielberg's Amblin Partners signs film production partnership with Netflix. This is coming from Boris Kitt of The Hollywood Reporter. Friend of the show. Friend of the show as well. Amblin Partners, the production outfit run by Steven Spielberg, has signed a partnership with Netflix. The deal will see the company produce multiple films for the streamer per year and is on top of the long-standing output pact the company has with Universal, which is theatrical in nature and was renewed in December. Ambulance sees the deal as a way to increase its film slate. The Netflix deal has no restrictions regarding budget or genre, according to insiders. Which projects fall under Netflix's pact is unclear. Amblin has been quite active in recent months and has several movies wrapping up or about to go. Uh, having Steven Spielberg under the Netflix tent puts one of Hollywood's last few titan directors who had been fighting for the, prim- uh, the primacy of the theatrical experience in the digital streaming world, if at least with one foot. Netflix is champion films made by auteurs such as uh, Martin Scorsese and David Fincher by greenlighting their dream projects, even as directors such as Christopher Nolan and James Cameron eschew streaming and try to work within the traditional studio model. Anthony, I, I know you've uh, you've definitely shared with us your passion about this. Do you mind giving us your take on what this story is?
2: Yeah, so it's 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 surprising because you know Steven Spielberg was so against. Um, working with any streaming platform for a very long time. But then, you know, you see him slowly work with Apple TV. And then, you know, I guess he might've seen the light in which, you know, this is a medium that I need to be connected to. <laughs> You're going to rather- give me money. Yeah.
1: Unlimited money to make whatever I want. Okay.
2: But we don't know if the content that Steven Spielberg's Amblin is going to, that's going to Netflix is going to be from him or from other creators in that. Mm-hmm firm um but it's just surprising i just find it i wonder like what what was he thinking when he signed in i wonder (laughs) if he thought of like that time when he didn't want netflix to be part of the oscars because they didn't have the um their tv movies their tv movies uh available for theatrical release before Mm. um streaming release so it's it's just funny it's kind of like it's laughable at this point because he I guess he realizes money is money and they are the ones with a lot of money and a lot of money being shelled out to him to make bigger budget films mm-hmm. that maybe studios can't do at this moment.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think just like you said, you know, money is money, but also look who's been dominating the Oscars the last couple of years. You know, it's Netflix. It's the streaming services that are all getting the attention because guess what? They have the money to do it. They have the money to attract the talent. We have the actors all going there, signing first look deals, things like that. Now you're getting the directors, you're getting the producers all picking a team. Like we always kind of make the comparison. It's like draft. You're like your like draft day where they're they're taking right. their picks. Yeah. You know? Uh Christopher Nolan, James Cameron. We know James Cameron's gonna be locked up the next 10 years making avatar. So he's gonna be in the Disney camp, right? Yeah. What's Christopher Nolan going to do? Warner Brothers really pissed him off with the whole tenant release and the HBO Max day one deal without telling the creators. So is Christopher Nolan now going to go to a streaming service? Mm-hmm. Is he going to make a deal with somebody to be able to make movies, release them in theaters first, and then put them on Netflix like we saw with Army of the Dead mm-hmm. and Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's not a matter of if. I think it's at when at this point, right? Yeah. So- if Steven Spielberg was the mascot of... Movies should be on movie screens, and now he's signing these deals. Then that team is getting smaller, right? It's very small,
0: yeah.
2: I would, I would, I would probably suspect that either Apple or Paramount picks up Christopher Nolan. I could see it, yeah, because they're like the two biggest with their, you know, Apple. I'm surprised Apple didn't sign Spielberg to this type of contract because they had amazing stories, Mm -hmm. yeah, amazing stories, yeah. They kind of like fell under the radar for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but you know, Apple and Steven Spielberg, they just feel like they mesh a lot better than Netflix. They're Netflix, iconic brands, right? Yeah, they just—I don't know—Spielberg and Netflix, they just don't. They don't, I just don't yeah. see them together in that sense because there's an animosity. Exactly
1: the- that, right? I think because he was so vocal yeah. about it, it's like if Marvel announced tomorrow, "Hey, Martin Scorsese is going to be directing a movie <laughs> yeah. for us." Yeah. So you're like, "Hold on, what? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy." Yeah. Um, but honestly, good on him. I think the weirdest thing though in this announcement though is they don't know, like, okay, if. If he makes something, is it going to go to Netflix or is it going to be Universal, the theater? So like, where do you pick and choose at that point? I got I got right. to find
0: a tweet, but there was another um, uh, pundit out there basically saying that it is still uh, Spielberg's films going to theaters, but his production company's movies will be Netflix. Right. So I got to, I got to find that for sure to interesting kind of, to kind of clarify that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his movies are still being directed and sent to theaters. Uh, maybe they'll have like a window where they show up on Netflix, so maybe after like 90 days or something like that. Sure, yeah, it's possible. But, but nothing too specific. His stuff still in theaters for now. Okay. Cool. Let's jump into our next story here Transformers Rise of the Beast revealed at virtual event with director Stephen Caple Jr. This is coming from Adam B. Vary of Variety. The Transformers movie franchise will take on the Beast Wars storyline from the late 1990s in Transformers Rise of the Beasts, producer Lorenzo Di Bonaventura and director Stephen Caple Jr. announced on Tuesday. Similar to Travis Knight's 2018 film Bumblebee, which was set in 1987, the new film will be set in 1994, so as not to intersect with the five Transformers movies directed by Michael Bay. Unlike Bumblebee, which D. Bonaventura said was a deliberately designed to be a smaller, more intimate movie, Rise of the Beasts will be a spectacle story in the tradition of the Bay films. So, Daniel, you're what we
1: like to call in the movie business a beastie. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Beasties is what, this, uh, what the show is called here in Correct. Canada. Right, it was not called Beast Wars. No, so beasties, proud beasties. You're a proud beastie, uh, proud beasties. You know, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, this is great news. Honestly, I I adored Bumblebee. The Bumblebee I think is when I when I look in the last five years, probably one of the most underappreciated Correct. blockbusters that have come out. Right, mm-hmm. I think anybody you talk to about Bumblebee loved it.
3: Yeah, and
1: I loved that it was a smaller scale film. I loved the the 80s vibe to it. I loved Haley Steinfeld in it. I loved bumblebee in it that opening scene alone gave me was probably like the purest transformers feeling i've had mm-hmm. maybe since the first film in 2007 mm-hmm. right just seeing the war on um on uh, cybertron? cybertron and just seeing like optimus like kicking butt in his like og like look and everything yeah. like that that was awesome so i'm excited for more of that and i think stephen cable jr is gonna do a great job with this obviously we saw him last on creed 2 um and i'm excited to see him kind of Carve out his own path now in the Transformers world, and yeah, I'm I'm down for this. I'm I'm really excited for this. I I, I want to know what they look like. This is coming out next year, so I'm just like I yeah. can't wait to see something of this film.
0: See, that's the thing. When I when I found out this movie's coming out next year, I'm like, well, whoa, whoa, hold on. We're hearing about this now? Holy crap! Like that's one year away. Like this, this is a kind of a this is the kind of movie that you assume would take like two or three years to kind of really build out. Yeah, so and maybe they been working on it. Right? And that's the thing. I wonder, like, have they already shot it or are they still shooting it right now? Like, what does it look like? I really want to see it. Um, yeah, in Canada here we called it Beasties. Um, so the thing is, I remember when this show was coming out, and I mentioned the story to you guys before. I was transitioning from the United States to Canada, and as a kid, you just don't understand these, you know. Uh, these, these 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 things. When I right. walked in, I'm like, wait, why? What show? This show reminds me a lot of Beast Wars when I came to Canada. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, it's the same thing. I'm like, no, no, no it's not because this show's called Beasties. You can't have a show with two different names. That doesn't make any sense. No, that's Canada, U.S. Uh, they're, they're one country, right? I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the so, same place. uh I'm really really excited for this. uh This is finally the direction that I want the Transformers franchise to go into. And hey. It's a guilty pleasure franchise. I absolutely loved Bumblebee. I thought that was such a great movie. Um really excited to see more about it. And Anthony, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Beasties or Beast <laughs> Wars. Uh, I'm super excited because it's com- there's taking that element of, you know, these Transformers being animals, but they're putting them in a setting in the 90s, right. which the Beasties took place during, you know, before there were even yeah. humans on that planet. It's like the so, dawn of the age. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm super excited to see some crazy action sequences in New York City where I think it's taking place. Uh, and I just want to know if, you know, Megatron is a Tyrannosaurus Rex or not. Oh. Does he not? Because if it takes place in the 90s. Can he be a Tyrannosaurus Rex?
0: Yeah, I wonder how much... Um... Or you the know, raptor? Will they pay attention to the actual lore of the Michael Bay films to try to connect that DNA? I feel like they don't. They shouldn't have to. They just, they should be able to kind of go with whatever method
2: they want to go with. But but would you prefer them to play their same animals that they were in? Yeah, I I would. Like we could. It makes sense for you know Optimus to be a gorilla or mm-hmm. or um I guess Bumblebee to be a cheetah. Yeah, yeah, he was a cheetah. But then you have animals that don't exist, like yeah. saber-tooth tigers and and tyrannosaurus rex or raptors. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see or giant if, rats. Yeah, or giant rats, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm super excited. I love B sports. I have, I still have all my my um my beastie characters. I all know. My I've toys. Seen them on their, on the hoodie of your cards. Really? Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I just glue them on there. Um, <laughs> It was so cool because that was a 1990, I think it's a 96 TV series. Yeah, 96 series. to 99. And yeah. it was completely different from all the other Transformers because there were always cars, right? Yeah. So this is the first time you see them as animals.
0: And it was a CG animation. Yeah. Like very similar that to what we were talking about, Reboot. Reboot. reboot I yeah. feel like
2: it was the same t- team because it Could just have been. seemed like the same team. But yeah, yeah, this is, this is a definite watch for me.
0: Yeah. There's more to the story, so let me let me jump into some more of it. The action will move to New York City and will incorporate two new human characters. Elena, played by Dominique Fishback, who we last saw in Judas and the Black Messiah, an artifact researcher who keeps having credit for her work taken by her boss. Uh, and Noah who's played by Anthony Ramos an ex military electronics expert who
1: lives with his family in Brooklyn maybe probably in the Washington Heights for all we know it's true also i just before you continue i did want to shout out that yes mainframe studios is the production company who did beast wars uh, transformers the transformers series right um they also did reboot and canadian company as well yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: The, i remember reboot was a huge canadian right, huge show in canadian reboot. Deal.
1: reboot
0: reboot incoming I'm, I'm tapping game. on my Chest. and he's
1: rebooting himself yeah that Incoming was such a great game. show that was a great show
0: and it still kills me that the main villain's
1: name was megabyte like that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like oh my god we'll never get to megabytes but i feel like you know with the show like that like man like you feel like you watch it forever yeah right and it was like it was only technically four seasons and they only had like like, like 10
0: episodes and you're like oh really that's it yeah. like, but i feel like i watched I know, yeah. but you feel like you watched like a hundred yeah you yeah. feel like you just yeah, watched yeah, yeah, it yeah. constantly yeah. growing up right um Craziness. The production will also shoot in Peru, including a rare opportunity to film at the ancient Incan ruins of Machu Picchu, a logistical nightmare that Capel said he and his production team are still working on. Bumblebee will return to Rise of the Beasts, but the film will focus more on Optimus Prime voiced once again by Peter Cullen, serving as kind of an origin story as he arrives on Earth for the first time and learns to become a leader. The filmmaker also revealed concept art of Prime's appearance for the film, which will more closely align with Prime's boxy look from the original animated series and toyline. As a teenager in the 90s, Capel said that he was a big fan of the Beast Wars TV series, which, one, which was one of the first animated shows to use CGI instead of a two-dimensional drawings. D. Bonaventura explained that the decision to pivot the franchise to Beast Wars was to give the audience a lot of new. We had had somewhat exhausted, I would say, the battle between Decepticons and Autobots, he said. You're going to see villains like you've never seen them before. You're going to see Autobots you've never seen before. You're going to see a lot of elements that we've never done before. Transformers Rise of the Beast is set to debut on June 24th, 2022. I, I, I love this. I, I love that, you know, they really want to give us something new because we've had, this is the seventh film in the franchise, and we just talked about another franchise recently that is on their ninth film and how there's just, there, there's running out of gas, right? So with this franchise now to continually elevate and kind of give us something new, there's, there's so much Transformers lore out there. There's so many things that they've done. Why not now go to Beast Wars? It makes perfect
1: sense. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking at the release date of this film, and there's another prehistoric film that's opening up 12 days before it. I know. So we're going to be... And also from from the same studio. From the same studio. Oh, no. Uh, Paramount is... Uh, oh, so This is Paramount. Yeah, Paramount I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking Universal.
2: Yeah. No, I'm like, is this a tie-in? <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Shoot. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So Paramount is dropping Transformers on June 20... The only reason why I said that is because... Transformers ride at Universal. Universal I know. Right. It Blank me out. Um, and then, yeah. So and then we have Jurassic World's June 10th. Yeah, Dominion. So it's it's interesting that these are going to be so close to one another, too. I wonder if one of them moves... We know Jurassic Park has already moved at maybe this move. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, They're also two weeks apart still. So
0: you know what? Yes, I, true. Uh, that, that's a good enough runtime for a film. The biggest thing right.
1: for me, though, that what they, what they were saying here is that we're going to see a lot of new. Yeah. And I think that's what we need in the Transformers yes. world. Because when you look at... I think three, four, five. It's a lot of like they're they're the kind same. of like a smear to me of like what happens in each one. Right? Couldn't tell you, um, but I think one. I love one. Yeah, I love the first Transformers film was in two thousand seven. Even like two, as you know, as as two gets like a lot of hate sometimes. Yeah, I think there's still some really cool moments in it. Same with three. Um, and then we when we kind of got to the Mark Wahlberg uh, era era, that's where they kind of start kind of blurring together for me. So. Yeah.
2: What happens to the bumblebee? Like that, that franchise or that like movie? Yeah, because he saga. turned into because he turned to, Coma- uh, to a, a Camaro at the end, right? And he meets Optimus. Yeah, it so a trans. It looks like Optimus. I'm pretty sure that is Optimus. It was,
1: or it's just a big truck. He was driving. <laughs> <inside>. <laughs> like, Optimus, why don't you recognize me? But like <laughs> no, who's that storyline was who's so this?
2: well done. Does that yeah. is that shelved for this? Instead? Yeah, because like
1: this, if this is '94 and that's the '80s. Now we're going to be and beasties in the nineties shit. And this is like boys.
2: Optimus has landed in his, yeah, like the it says like the Optimus has now be has landed on Earth and it learns to be a leader. So what happens to that saga? I wonder. I truly do wonder. I mean, I you know I don't
0: know if Bumblebee was the financial success that Paramount was hoping for. So, um, I I wonder if they're going to be too if they're not going to be too attached to. Keeping that as a... I, I still think it'll be I I, I I still think that they're gonna have that DNA still there, mm-hmm. um. But if they'll keep pulling on the same narrative threads,
2: I wonder if that's the case. But hey, I would love to because we here loved, uh, yeah. Bay. That opening sequence on uh with Cybertron C- Cybertron was fantastic. Yeah, we needed we, we need needed more some Cybertron.
0: Yes, we did. Yeah, we needed some new blood. I mean, Michael Bay did his time with the with the, the franchise, and I think you know he really set the tone for what the films could be. Uh, but getting this, you know, getting Travis Knight, in there was was phenomenal. Stephen the Knight, no, Travis Knight, Travis Knight, yeah,
1: yeah, sorry, not Knight. Stephen the Knight. No, a lot of knights, a lot of knights in, nights, in, in yeah. the world. The I way. mean, Bumblebee made almost five hundred million dollars, which again isn't the billion dollar franchise that Correct. Transformers is used to. Um, but I also think it is the best Transformers movie. So yep. sometimes there's a trade off there. Yeah. Right? right. But again, we don't have a long of a wait for this. No. So.
2: I don't think that movie would cost five hundred dollars five hundred dollars five hundred million dollars to <laughs> make either, right?
1: <laughs> they spent at least five hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um hundred and thirty five million. Yeah. So it was a smaller budget too than what we've seen in previous yeah. Transformers films. And it
2: looked really good. It yeah. looks great. Yeah. Great film. You great can't film to watch it again
1: soon. Yeah, I think I'm gonna watch it again soon.
0: Let's jump into our next story here. TIFF 2021, Dune's IMAX debut, return of in-person screenings. This is come from Jackson Weaver of the CBC. After a pandemic-savaged year, the Toronto International Film Festival is back. On Wednesday, organizers announced that this year's festival, which is scheduled to take place September 9th to the 18th, will be an in-person affair again. This means uh, that showings at indoor theaters, including the Princess of Wales Theater, Roy Thompson Hall, and the Cinesphere at Ontario Place, coupled with outdoor cinemas and drive-ins, largely used during last year's event. Uh, The number of movies included has also increased from 2020, while they haven't returned to pre-pandemic numbers. Uh, TIFF 2021 will have 100 films in its official selection, doubling the amount from last year's drastically scaled backslate. On Wednesday, organizers announced some of the films that will be showing at the festival. They include the Alanis Morissette documentary, Jagged, and Dennis Goulet's sci-fi thriller, Night Raiders, which is partially inspired by the history of Canada's residential, residential school system. Also, Denis Villeneuve's long-delayed Dune will have a screening in IMAX for the first time, roughly a week after its scheduled world premiere at the Venice Film Festival. Still, the 100 film slate is a far cry from the roughly 250 films seen previously uh, at TIFF pre-COVID. And In an interview with CBC News Festival co-heads Cameron Bailey and Joanna Vicente said a number of changes added in 2020 will continue in 2021. That means reduced capacity theaters, uh, though there will be a higher capacity limit than the 50 audience members allowed at the TIFF Bell Lightbox last year. In-person audiences will also have to be masked and there will be a return of TIFF's, TIFF's digital screening platform, allowing cinephiles outside Ontario to watch showings online. Daniel,
1: what do you think? Great news. Love TIFF. We're huge fans of TIFF. We're hoping
0: eds We're tiff we're,
1: we're Tiffies. you know? <laughs> um, we're hoping to well we will be there in some capacity this year we will find a way we'll either be watching a lot of movies or you know crying a lot of well, movies, we, we, you know, so. we were
2: there last year just not physically there but right. we were part of tiff we were part of yeah, tiff we, were, and we watched we too. watched you know one night in miami that was a huge yeah, film. one in miami you know. uh
1: Concrete 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 cowboy. cowboy uh year before that though like what a crazy year of movies year before I guess. that was
0: joker ford versus ferrari honey
1: boy jojo rabbit jojo rabbit uh sound of
0: metal sound of metal. Yeah parasite too but we got sick so. yeah we got sick uh maybe hustlers we, maybe we had a the covid oh maybe, maybe, yeah I maybe, watched we hustlers. The par- maybe we had
2: a parasite oh. i thought you wouldn't say that maybe, maybe we had the parasite we what else COVID. did i watch hustlers and yeah. i watched something else
0: oh dads
1: dads yeah dad anthony
2: we watched watch, a dad, lot of hustlers, dads yeah. just
1: kind of walking right
2: by <laughs> on
0: uh, front street yeah.
1: um but yeah so uh, again we love tiff the tiff is one of my favorite times of the year September's an awesome time for this festival and you look at the slate of films coming. Obviously, with Dune, you have One Night in Soho. Uh, there's, there's it's so a great much. List. You have so much to look forward to. I just hope that we could watch them all. Dune is probably going to be that's a hot ticket, one of the hottest tickets ever in TIFF history because yeah. if it's at the Cinesphere with reduced seating, then I, it's it's IMAX premiere as well. Yeah. So I remember trying to get tickets to Dunkirk when Nolan was going to show it at the Cinesphere during TIFF. And that was just like... Yeah, it was... They, yeah. I literally just loaded up the Ticketmaster website. It just laughed at me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was just like a You are typing at... it in and it was like, "Does don't do it. No,
1: don't, don't even try. Don't even don't try. Don't even think about it. So, again, I hope we'll be able to see a lot of these films. And I can't wait. Yeah. We're so close. What are you, Anthony?
2: Yeah. I'm super excited to head back to TIFF this year, um, even in a reduced capacity form. I hope Daniel can figure out how to hack, you know, Ticketmaster and get those <laughs> tickets. I mean, not hack, right? Because no, they're, they're probably listening to well, us. Well, like...
1: Just you know, I mean, like you we're, know, we're gonna, like gonna I'm not hacking, but like use like
2: I just picture Daniel with ten computers and yeah. like, <laughs> typing a lot, <laughs> like octopus arms, just yeah.
1: kind of typing. Well, away. I remember, I remember in 2019 when we were trying to get tickets, uh, for four versus Ferrari, it was stressful, <laughs> and it was like the three of us here, were like you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Okay, let's go, Look, book it, book it, yeah. book it, yeah. go, go, go. We all go. bought 43 tickets. I remember. Yeah. yeah, the whole theater was just for us, yeah. so we were social distancing already. Yeah. And James Mangold came by. was
0: like, "Hey, what's, what's what? you just you three? <laughs> <laughs> Come on down! Oh, why are you guys also sitting at the very
1: <laughs> at top? Come on down!" Um, no, but I'm ex- honestly like, it's, it's great. I think um, all of us just have such a love for TIFF here, and I'm excited to do our TIFF preview closer to the event.
2: Yeah, I'm also excited that they're bringing back digital screening. Yes. Yeah, because you know, for those who can't make it to downtown, mm-hmm. which is difficult to do, especially with the TIFF um, schedule, it could be you know, movies could air. At, random times yeah this just gives you the flexibility of being able to watch it from your house i don't think they had any issues last year i didn't have any issues it was, with it was sailing it. Last it was year, sailing yeah. um there was no like issues i i didn't even see any of those those movies show up on any other streaming services no, it, no. Piracy it was a, issues at it. It was yeah, a yeah. really really great platform that tiff app but yeah looking forward to that and yeah i just i want to see dune in imax that's all i'm and Looking to forward really to it right for to right now. And then we don't really know what movies are going to be releasing yet. So we'll see what movies were filmed in the past year and a half that right. are ready to go to TIFF
1: very close we're very close so maybe
2: we'll get Transformers why is that there
0: why is
1: that there (laughs) how is it ready (laughs) just really pre stuff. stuff oh gosh guys we know you wanted it here is a new season of Beasties Uh, oh oh, wow wow. the the special effects look just like the show (laughs) yeah they're not done yet
0: that's why (laughs) oh man Uh, we've got some quick updates so I'm gonna kick it over to Anthony for that
2: do we have a quick updates jingle
1: quick updates
2: it's like
0: a 90s radio host
1: (laughs) 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 TVs?
2: West Side Story star Rachel Zegler to lead Disney's Snow White remake. We have Patty Jenkins' Star Wars Rogue Squadron Taps Edge of Tomorrow 2 and Love and Monsters writer Matthew Robinson. Warner Brothers has shifted Dune the sci-fi epic to three weeks later, putting it at October 22nd. It was previously set to October 1st. Harrison Ford injures shoulder rehearsing Indiana Jones 5 fight scene Production to shoot around recovery, F nine seventy million domestic weekend, equaling four hundred million worldwide.
0: Yeah,
2: Harrison Ford again, just getting injured. Every movie does. He's either breaking I hope he's up okay. his body. Yeah, hope, hope he's okay. He so, got injured in um Blade Runner. Is yes, that correct? Yeah. Yep.
1: And then he also crashed a plane, yeah. as well too, on a I've, golf course. Yeah, so.
2: I started to look up like how many injuries he has, and he's very prone to hurting himself.
1: His insurance must be really high. You know, I'm just, I just love that Indiana Jones Five is happening, and uh, we we're just talking about James Mangold, so and he's mm-hmm. directing it. So uh, we saw some set photos too. Yeah, uh, some stunt photos coming out. Know, he looks good. Harrison looks good. So yeah. I'm just, I just want to know what this movie's going to be. Is this 2022 or 2023? I don't know what t- Transformers <laughs> is next year, man. Maybe it's this year. Uh, it, maybe we, it's a Tiff.
0: Who what knows? year
2: do you? I know there was a tr- We saw a train, and they, you know this train had like a Nazi symbol on it. I'm like, yeah. what? What year is this Indiana Jones taking place? Because I feel like he's only battles the Nazis.
1: I think it's going to be in the the 70s or 80s. So the Nazis.
2: So this is like an alternate universe where Nazis are still like somehow hidden and kept. But I mean, I mean like they're still, here they're, right they're now. still around now. <laughs> but like they're here. not. Like they're just. You know, they're, they're not... They're the, faux Nazis. Yeah, they're phony Nazis. Uh,
1: this is coming out next July.
2: Mm. Interesting.
1: Next July, so hopefully he recovers soon. Uh, Rachel zeg- uh, Zegler, like, that's awesome. Good for her, you know. Amazing. Uh, West Side Story, Shazam, and now Snow White. Snow and we White. haven't even seen her in any of them yet. That's true.
0: We haven't seen her performance, so they're, they're really just banking on us liking her. Yeah,
1: so it's going to be, like,
0: two years straight if she's going to just be in every single yeah. movie. no, this is amazing news for her. I mean, I, I, I think the best talent that we're kind of getting right now is coming from these young kids out there and they're really killing it. So I'm excited to see what she does. Do you
2: think the, you know, the dwarves are CG or are they actually little people?
0: They might even go
1: down the Hobbit route, right? Yeah. I think, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to cast known people for the, for the dwarves. dwarves. Yeah. The seven dwarves. Yeah. Um, Fast nine though, making 70 million, you know, that's, uh, that's a pandemic record so far. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see that this is probably the, biggest blockbuster that's come out and yeah. you know it's been out for like a month so far in china and everything but 400
0: million worldwide is is, is pretty awesome i wonder now that it's opening up in north america how much steam is it going to catch or right. is it going to slow down well, what's the drop going to look like because if you look at movies like in the heights that had a big drop huge drop yeah but so. it also
1: didn't have a big opening it weekend. didn't have a big opening black widow's happening black widow's week, coming jungle so, cruise is yeah. coming so there's a lot of yeah. bigger films coming right yeah
0: and I feel like Black Widow. I mean, you're getting that first Marvel movie after a very long time. People are hungry for it. People are hungry, right? And Black Widow is a loved character. So and the movie looks great too. So yes, it has Rachel Weisz in it. We should probably love talk to somebody involved with that movie. Who? I don't know. Or did we already talk to them and now you're already here? Hmm. Wow! Damn! Look at that. Damn. Let's jump into some trailers. Trailer. Trailer. Love it. So we got a lot of trailers this week. We got a trailer for Snake Eyes, The Suicide Squad, Only Murders in the Building, Candyman Coda, The Heart of The Fall, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, Halloween Kills, Sing Two, and Schmigadoon. Uh, There's a lot of trailers that I actually want to talk about, because man, this was a good week. But uh, uh Anthony, to start off with you, is there any trailer that you found specifically that you really liked?
2: Um for me, I really liked Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the Suicide Squad trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'll put in uh, Shang-Chi there awesome. as my, my third. Oh, yeah. Candyman. Candyman. Candyman Sorry. Yeah. Candyman, Halloween, Suicide Squad, Shang-Chi.
1: I think because with the amount of trailers we got this week, we could bring we back a bring trailer back back of the week. Trailer of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Trailer Candy, of the week. Candy, we Candy,
2: Candyman was trailer of the week. Trailer of the week me. for you? Trailer of the week. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, again, awesome week of trailers. It, it just was nonstop. Yes, Spider-Man is not here yet. No. But... It, you are on spider watch you're on spider watch you know um snake eyes i think this was a much better trailer this Correct. time out i wish this was the first trailer they dropped because yeah. i'm like this was so much more of an in-depth trailer it looked cooler it looked cooler and henry golden looked great uh the suicide squad obviously i just we're so close to that movie too we're about a month and a bit away so um i'm so stoked for that movie i just can't wait to hear the soundtrack Candyman looks terrifying so, it does it looks very scary um I, I'm super excited for that one. I, uh, I think, Yeah. You know, I think that one's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to see Yaya Abdul-Mateen the second, the second and uh, Te- uh, Teona Paris as well, too, in it. Um, and The Candyman. And The Candyman. <laughs> yeah. you <know>? <laughs> and, 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 and Bees. And a lot of
0: bees. Uh, I really liked the CODA trailer. This is a film that we got a chance to watch at Sundance, uh, and now it'll be coming to Apple TV Plus this August. Yes. So... Um, Highly recommend watching this movie when it comes out. It is phenomenal. It was my favorite film at Sundance. Yes. I
1: just loved it. Um, What was your trailer of the week then, Shay?
0: My trailer of the week, you know what? I want to give it to... Oh, man. It's either between Shang-Chi or Halloween
1: Kills. Anthony, give it to who? Candyman?
2: Candyman. Who are you
1: giving it to? Uh, I think I was going to give it to Shang-Chi just because... I'm really excited for that film. Yeah, same. Um, Also, Halloween Kills I think looks amazing. Yeah, I just wish they held back a little bit more, even though we know a lot of people are going to die in it. Yeah, Um, I wish you didn't see everyone die in it. Right, (laughs) because the
0: trailer just goes death to death to death, and
1: I'm like, oh, okay. And it's interesting because this takes place literally right after seconds after second, say, a Quiet Place Part Two, where I feel like this one's going to be more of the first film. Yeah, right. So I'm curious now, like, okay, is Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends is it all going to be the one night? Like, is this all just going to be one event that's just going to... It'd be cool to watch as a trilogy, Joe. Just back to back to back, just to yeah. one event happening. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But I think for me, Shang Chi this week was, um, I think it, it was a huge. It was a, a frontrunner front for me just because visually I think it looks great. Bill Pope's cinematography looks fantastic. And, yeah, definitely. Um, seeing Abomination again, and I think he's fighting Wong from yeah. Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah, very I'm here cool. for it. So yeah,
1: I'll give it to then. I'll give it to Suicide
0: Squad. Uh, this looks fun. This looks really cool. I'm really excited to see Polka Dot Man. I think that, that <laughs> I, I think. Uh, oh my god, I'll never be able to say his name. That's my does smell, yeah. yeah, he just kills me. So yeah. I really am excited to see what he does. <laughs> we're all going to die. We're all going to die. I hope so. <laughs> Let's get into what we're watching. I'm going to start off with Anthony. Anthony, what were you watching this week?
2: So this week I put on The Kings Vice Versa China, which is a China, China documentary, WWE um, wrestler. Loki, Dark Side of the Ring. I finished the fir- the last two episodes of the mid-season I guess it's season three so season, far? Yeah, because there's a there's still season three is still going, but right. I think they take a break for a bit. Um F9, which we watched together. We did there's watch. There's a together. review for that out there. and uh Rick and Morty, season five. Great episode. And Witches, which is on Crave. Um but the one thing I do really want to talk about is the Kings. Uh the Kings is a documentary, a boxing documentary on Showtime. It's on Crave really, really well done. It chronicles the the renaissance of boxing during the 80s and focuses on four boxers uh, during that time. So we have Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Martin Hagler, as well as Thomas Hearn, and then just their battles between all four of them and the chemistry they had as fighters and how they you know, grew to be these amazing, lightweight, welterweight fighters. They weren't heavyweight champions, but they also, like Sugar Ray Leonard, really started that prize fight of a million dollars. And that's where, you know, right now we get to a hundred million it's fights that yeah. we do now. But, you know, that's where it all started. And, and if there's a shadow of what happens after Ali retires and where did boxing go? And this is the story of how these four men mm. kind of elevated to the next level, mm. which is really, really well done. And each episode is about an hour long. They... It's all archival footage, but with um, like narrative uh, narration by these boxers, like new narration. So it's not taken all from archival footage, but just the way they edited, it's so really, it's so well paced, and the information you get is, you feel like, when did this even happen? Like, where, where in history? How come I miss this? You know, they don't talk about this. So I love these type types of documentaries, Um, which is. Robert Zemeckis' film with Anne Hathaway. I know this was was this an HBO original?
1: So this was one of those films that this was before the HBO Max deal, where everything was going to go to HBO Max. Right. This came out last year, right? Where they just said, "Okay, we're just going to put it on HBO Max." It wasn't, it wasn't an HBO Max original, but it went to HBO Max like as a release, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: right. So if you ever watched the very first Witches, this is a remake of it, the one with Angelica Houston. I loved that movie growing up. It was, it. I, I felt it was scary as a kid watching it. Scary now. And, but there was like this um, like storytelling type of sh- movie that it felt very kiddish, but then it became really serious. Mm-hmm. And even this version of The Witches was really good in the sense that it it scared the hell out of you. And I think Anne Hathaway did a really good job of playing this character. I wasn't too like she has this accent where I don't know if she's Swedish or or what she was, was putting... She, was it like a, almost like a Russian accent, almost? It was like Russian slash Swedish, at points, because right. you can tell. It's like uh, Eastern European. You know, yeah, it, it's like that. Eastern European, but it wasn't mm-hmm. at times. But, it was really well done, and I think, you know, Robert Zemeckis, you know, he, he's the director of Back to the Future, and Forrest Gump, and he's done all these amazing movies, Um, and then he took on The Witches, which was so strange, because right. you didn't think he would be the one directing it, but um, I would, I would say watch it. If you have crave, it's a great show. It's a great movie to put on. I would be, if you have younger kids, I, I would probably like watch a little bit of it just to see there are horror elements that are kind of disturbing at points, especially Anne Hathaway's character, where she, her mouth opens from the side of her cheeks as well it's as her from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And she has really sharp teeth and her arms like t- to grab these kids, she can literally break her arms to extend them. Robert Demek
1: is why she had like
2: Anne Hathaway has these big eyes. So when she smiles, it just looks very sinister, sinister. So just be aware of the children
0: under 10 probably shouldn't
2: well i don't know like these kids growing up these days they i i don't know what they drugs. doing so. <laughs> like i have no idea they're, they're you know, not scared of anything they see
1: worst thing on the tiktoks you know <laughs> well, i'm pretty the sure they do they've
2: seen but just keep in mind like i was like oh wow like if i was a kid watching that maybe maybe social media wasn't part of my life and you know media wasn't had- part of my life as much as it is now I would be a little scared. Were, a really were you, big, uh, were you more crisis?
1: scared of what you saw in this Witches than you were in the scene of Angelica Houston turning into a witch and like melting and stuff like that? Is it, it was anything more scarier than that?
2: I think this is scarier. Really? Because I
1: think the effects are so much nicer. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, and the effects are
2: not no. as as great as you think they would be from a Zemeckis film. Right. They have little, like, there are parts where I'm like, mm, that didn't look good. But. He, the way he, his shot, like his shot composition, makes it weird and eerie, and I think that's where it becomes a different movie from the original. But if I was a kid watching this, I would be like, "Whoa, (laughs) mom and dad, why?" But like when you see them as mice, they're like, "Oh, they're so cute, right?" And that's that's where it has this weird. Is it scary? Is it not scary? Is it for kids? Is it not for right. kids? Interesting. But yeah, very similar to the original Witches. But yeah, those were the. that's what I watched this week.
1: Excellent. That's amazing. What about yourself, Daniel? You know, this week, Shay, it was all about family for me this oh, week. Oh, yeah. It today? was all about my family this week. So I watched all these home videos <laughs> The Fast and the Furious, Two Fast, Two Furious, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, The Fate of the Furious, and F9. Do you own all these? Uh, I own most of them. I know they're all on Crave. That's why I was asking. They're actually
2: not all on Crave. No, no. So like, like, don't six
0: tell. Lies. Six
1: isn't on Crave. A thing.
0: Oh, okay. Or... I didn't go through
2: the whole list. I just saw one, I know. I lies.
0: did too, and I was like, okay, like, why is like one of them missing here and one of
1: them not missing? Yeah, there? I, I own one to six. Okay. So I own one Good. to six. Uh, seven and eight, I rented, and then nine we saw at the drive-in. Yeah. Which you could hear all about our experience and thoughts on the film right now. On the Movie Podcast. podcast Oh, my God. So check that out. You can listen to a brand new review and hear our thoughts. I also watched Zola this week. Shay and I also watch it. Anthony's going to check it out. Uh, We'll have a review for that this week on the Movie Podcast. It's an A24 film released here by VVS. Um, Really excited to talk about
2: it. Every time he's. You say Zola, I think of Zola from Captain America.
1: Yeah, Zola, Captain America,
2: Captain America. Yeah. But that's so. it
1: for me. Not too like honestly, it was a busy week this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I found a way to watch the entire Fast and the Furious saga. So love it. There we go. Love it. Uh, for myself, this week I watched Batman: The Long
0: Halloween Part One. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think there are definitely some slower moments. I haven't read the graphic novel, so I don't have to compare anything to. But uh, I enjoyed the art style. I know this is the new art style they're kind of going with. I really dug it. Um, It was very dark like it had had really dark elements in the in the um, in the animated movie and i'm excited to see what part 2 brings so hopefully that's what end of this year i think i think it's october i believe or yeah, think i saw pretty saw. much like near halloween right Yeah. so yeah excited to see what that looks like because i had a good time with this one uh, i watched fast 5 i don't know why but i put on rush hour 2 oh this is i was feeling really sick this is after my covid uh, vaccine yeah. uh, number 2 I was so just loopy. I was like, let's put on Rush Hour 2. I watched Sola, Fast and Furious 6, Furious 7, F9, Apple TV+. Plus. I watched uh, Physical, uh, Episode 1, and the new Rose Byrne show, and I really, really dug it. I also watched something else which I can't say too much about yet, (laughs) or really much at all, other than it's called uh, Lead Tasso. No, Ted Lasso season yep. two, so uh, can't say too much about that yet, but stay tuned for our thoughts yes. on that when the
1: time is In right. In July, you can hear us talk July. about it. So soon, but not too soon. Not too soon, but yeah. soon. Soon enough. Yeah. Soon enough. Thank you
0: again, everybody, for joining us for today's episode of the Movie Podcast. We had an amazing talk with Gabriel Berestein on the show today. We have so much more coming out this week uh, lots of reviews. We got lots more episodes. We're trying to get that 200 on the I was trying to rhyme that, but I couldn't nope. rhyme it, so I didn't. I just. I was gave, scared. To where I you were gave saying. up so quickly on that. Two hundred five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're on TikTok. We're on Letterbox. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are also having Widow Week, where again we are talking to Black Widows. Nobody. We're not having anybody from Black Widow anymore. But we're going <laughs> to yeah, be reviewing Black Widow. We're going to be telling you, is it a watch it? Is it a skip it? Is it a Ghostland? Probably not a ghost. I'd be so surprised if it was a Ghostland land no. film. There's no way it's going to be. No. It's going to be awesome. We know that for sure.
1: Definitely. We, we w- just we, we got the inside scoop. We,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel said it's really good. So yeah. I got to trust his opinion on that. As always, you can catch a new episode of the Movie Podcast every single Monday. And that was this time of the Movie Podcast. And we'll
2: see you next.